0: Well, today, I've kind of been saving this when we talk about things Jesus never said. I've kind of been saving this one because this is one of those granddaddies that gets thrown at Christians a lot, and people say, don't judge me, or you can't, anybody ever said that or heard that? Or you can't judge me. And I think about that so much, and it just, it kind of rolls over and over in my mind, and when somebody says, you can't judge me, it makes me wonder, well, what do they mean by that? You know, when you're judging, is it? are you judging the person? Are they recoiling against maybe having their, their actions or beliefs or values or choices? Is it just when you tell someone they're wrong about something? I mean, it's. you ever given somebody advice, they ask you advice, and it goes against what they wanted you to say? So <laughs> they kind of like... You know, I thought about it a lot. Nobody, nobody likes it. Who likes being judged? Anybody? I've thought about this... You know, prepared for this for weeks and weeks, I actually think you do like getting judged, but you haven't thought of it this way. And really, over the last few weeks, it kind of turned in my mind a little bit, and I realized something. We don't like being judged unless it's something that we are judged good for. You know what that's called? A compliment. Do you ever think about that? A compliment's a judgment, but it's a judgment you wanted to hear or like hearing, unless it embarrasses you. I mean, I don't like... I don't prefer getting complimented. It doesn't happen very often anyway. I don't have to worry about it. But, but I'm kidding. But when it happens, you're just like, oh. but that's a judgment. You never think about that. Uh, so, so really, a positive judgment is a compliment. Then a negative judgment would be kind of the opposite, which is like a criticism, right? And there's times where, you know, criticism can be constructive, and we need it. And we need adjustments in our behavior at times. And even as adults, as you're growing and learning and you're realizing, okay, this didn't work so well or whatever. And there's times maybe on your job you need a criticism, maybe a critical, someone gives you some critical advice that helps you do better. That's a judgment. So in a way, I mean, it's not that we don't. I mean, how about tests? Anybody like taking tests? Seriously, not one of you. Okay, a few of us enjoy that. Well, think about this. Okay, students, haven't you ever done this where you walked in and you knew every answer? You didn't worry about it at all? You couldn't wait for that test because you're going you're gonna to nail it. You know you're going to ace it. So why not? I mean, that is a judgment, but it's a judgment in a way that you were ready for and, and you knew it was going to be good. But I get why people don't like being judged. I get it. And I don't want you to think that I'm just up here all Pollyannish and acting like, no, it's all good. No, I get it. I mean, we don't like being criticized, judged when it's unsolicited, Right? So usually, if you don't say it out loud, part of you is like, hey, that's none of your business, right? Right? And I've learned this, if somebody didn't ask me for an opinion, they probably don't want to hear it, it probably wouldn't do any good anyway, but there's that. I mean, nobody likes judgments that you couldn't even live up to. Has anybody ever had one of those judgments? That you realize it's just unreasonable or unfair, nobody could be that great? How about judgments like this, that nitpick little things? And you get, you get the feeling like, okay, this is too much judgment. Like, I, I can't do anything right because nothing's right. Every little thing is wrong. How about these? <laughs> Nobody likes this. When you're judged from the past and your past keeps getting brought up, it's like, I thought that was done. I thought we were over that. I thought we buried that. But it just keeps coming up. And as human, it's hard to do that. I mean, there's that old saying, to urge human, to forgive divine and to forget impossible. But for some people though, we don't like, we don't allow people to grow. And maybe you've had this happen where something from the past keeps getting brought up and you're like, but I'm new, I'm changed. I'm different now. I know we don't like this either. We don't like getting compared to others. A lot of times judgments come that way and we're just compared. We just want to be accepted for who we are, but you're getting compared maybe to, maybe to a sibling or to somebody else, or, or maybe it's some unattainable ideal that you would never actually be able to be in the first place. And those judgments hurt, and they, they hang with you. Maybe sometimes people even remember things wrong. You ever have that experience? <laughs> maybe you're trying to, you're explaining a, a memory, and uh, your spouse corrects you midway and like, no, that's not how that happened. anybody else anybody else have that happen? Just, you're afraid to raise your hands. Oh, <laughs> okay, is it Phil who's wrong though? Is it, okay, I figured that. All right, but maybe you have this happen too where your memory of what it was or the person's memory of what happened, they've almost idealized the memory because we do that sometimes. It's like we remember the highlights and we don't remember all the little things that went into it and then you get compared to that. You can never compete with that. Because you're getting compete, you're competing with the highlight reel of what happened and not the real thing. Nobody likes those kind of judgments, and really, it's frustrating because it's almost like ingratitude for who you actually are. So I I get the judgment thing, but on the other hand, we're going to go back and forth a little bit here today. Judging is inevitable, isn't it? Don't you have to judge to even live in our world that we live in? The fact is, you make judgments all the time. They're necessary. The fact is, everything you do, you judge everything always. That's a lot. How about your clothes you chose today? You made a judgment wearing this, not this, right? How you made that judgment? I mean, I don't know if you invited anybody to judge you, criticize you, compliment you in that judgment. I made this joke a couple years ago and I heard about it, but um, I asked my wife, does this shirt make me look fat? And she said, no, it's your fat that makes you look fat. I'm kidding. She never would say she would never say that. I'm just joking. But had that happened, that'd be a judgment, right? You decided how to do your hair today. I never do that. But you you might do that. You you make a judgment when you buy a car. What car? What year? How many miles? What model? What brand? You you make those judgments constantly. And then you do the same and here's where it gets Crazy with other people's choices on cars, right? You no know, old Ford, Chevy, Dodge debate. Is Dodge in the debate, though? Really? Probably. Okay. Your choice in marriage. You made a judgment. Him over him, right? You make judgments constantly. You can't live your life without making judgments. Who you're going to date? Where you're going to eat? Right? Where you sat in the room today? You make a judgment. How close you want to be. It's some, some people are more comfortable in the back or on the side. The side's fun because you can kind of watch everybody. You can see their reactions and everything. Especially in this building, it's just funny how you can do that. I'm not judging you for sitting over there or over there. I just know how it is because I've sat over there and thought, wow, this is an interesting view. It's almost not quite the same as this. Sometimes you should stand up here because this, this view is the best. Because I see it all. And, and it's fine. I don't judge you. If you not off, or, no, I'm kidding. If you're on your phone the whole time, I don't judge you, but I can see it. I mean, that's just, we judge, right? You chose where you sat, and some of you have chosen recently, in the last while, to keep changing seats, and I appreciate that, because I know what you're doing, I appreciate the judgment you made, because you want to meet different people, because so often people in the church, they know people on this side, or this side, but not the whole both sides, I get it. But it does it does make an extra wrinkle in my brain when I'm like, why are they there and not there? So it's cool. You make choices all the time. We're entering a political season where you will need to make judgments. My prayer is you make wise judgments. But you're judging. You are judging. So isn't there a little contradiction when somebody says don't judge? Because aren't they judging when they tell you not to judge? They're judging that you're judging. And it's kind of unfair because the fact is we all judge. It's just you didn't like the judgment. Because if you liked it, it would have been a compliment. But because you didn't like it, it was a criticism and you don't like it. Is that fair? You're judging somebody else's ability to judge or you're judging their judgment? You're judging their attitude towards you. And Here's the thing. <laughs> did Jesus say, don't judge? Because we're talking about what he said or didn't say. And when it comes down to it, what did he actually say? And here's the funny thing. Everybody loves Jesus. They like Jesus. And they want to cherry pick what he said without pulling, putting in everything that he said. And it's, it's weird, the image that Jesus has in society today. It's, it's almost like some of those old movies of Jesus where he's just kind of mamby-pamby, easy, like f- kind of fruity and floating everywhere and nice about everything. Do they not know Jesus? Do they not know some of the actu- arguments he had with the religious rulers of his day? You, you realize he called them names? He literally picked fights with them. He called them snakes. He called them dogs. In their society, it's not like our dogs. We love our dogs. They did not love dogs. Dogs were gross and mangy and all over the place and spreading disease. That wasn't a good thing. At one point, he called them whitewashed sepulchers full of dead men's bones. Do do they not know Jesus overturned the money changers' tables? He literally went into a place of business which shouldn't have been where it was, it was in the temple, didn't belong there, and he turned it over. They don't don't talk about that, Jesus. Because he was judging. The thing is, I I wonder sometimes, if they they really knew who Jesus was, would they like him that much? Because the fact is, he judges a lot of things. And he says that he's going to judge their actions, beliefs, values, and choices. Yes, he's love but he's not love the kind of love that says just do whatever i wonder if they would be open to being judged by jesus i'm not saying i'm jesus and my judgments are the same exactly and i think that's part of the issue but if we look at what jesus says would they be comfortable in being judged by jesus would you so did he really say, don't judge? Because it matters what he said. I mean, if you're going to say he said it, then we need, we need to know exactly what he said and why he said it and what he meant by what he said. You cannot take what you want it to mean and put it over and on top of what he actually said. We have accounts of what he said. There were eyewitnesses who, who lived and ministered with Jesus and wrote down what he said, and they did it in the lifetime of those also who were there who could have fact-checked them and said, like your spouse, that's not what happened. They didn't do that. Because what he said is what's on here. So let's look at what he said. Do not judge others. Is that what he said? It is part of what he said. And there's the issue. It's part of what he said. If he had stopped right there then that would be the case. And all of you would have to walk around and say, all right, whatever, I can't judge, right? But he said this, do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. So what's he saying here? When you judge, you've now entered the arena and you can be judged. That's different. Now you're part of the whole deal. So, my question is are you willing to be judged like that? If not, then yeah, stay out. Okay. Can you handle it? Well, it didn't end there. Because he says the standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. That's really the issue. What is the standard? Is it going to be Jesus' standard or yours? Because if it's just yours, your opinion, that's different. Whether or not I match... I'm just kidding. There, it probably is a thing. I don't know. There's some things that are just opinion, though, right? I mean, right? I, I've always thought of it like this. There's certain things that Scripture's super-duper cl- clear about. Then there's, you expand that out. Then there's certain things that maybe your family has rules about, right? Right? Okay. And then there's culture, on and on. But the problem is, there's some things that are just opinion. Right? Your hair. Right? I mean, there's some things that aren't that big a deal. But then there's other things that are. But usually when someone says, don't judge me, my point and the reason I wanted to go to this verse is because Jesus was super clear about the standard. And you might say, well, there's no standard. I didn't see a standard in there. Well, guess what? There's a standard. And like I say often, all of this goes to the Garden of Eden. Do you set the standard or does he? Because the things he talks about are his standard. And his standard is all that matters. Now, if you took the first part of what he said, then you're out. But the rest of it matters. So where we get the standard from, hopefully, is Jesus himself. And it's not hard to do. Because one, one thing we can look at real quick, I'm just going to list a few. And you might be sitting here going, well, that's a lot of scripture. Well, we're talking about the standard. That's where you find the standard. So I don't mind showing you where the standard is. And, and actually, in Matthew 19, let's just read some of his standards. Haven't you read the scriptures, Jesus replied? They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. I didn't make that up. That's not my opinion. What Jesus did is he went right back to creation and said, this is how it is. It's as if today that standard's gotten kind of wishy-washy with people, but Jesus is pretty clear. They record that from the beginning God made them male and female, and he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one, since they are no longer two but one. Let no one split apart with God is joined together. Now, he's talking about marriage and divorce, but he's also talking about male, female, and men and women. Pretty clear. Not my standard. Jesus. And going back to this, if you want to even get more specific... Let's look at the very sermon that Jesus said, this do not judge thing. Because wouldn't that be the best place to look at at, uh, context? The actual sermon that Jesus preached. Now, a few weeks ago, uh, (laughs) a few weeks ago, um, Tim Kelly, who who grew up in this church, he writes for the Babylon Bee, and he, he put us in the Babylon Bee, which is awesome. It's a, it's a satire site, and he made a joke about Pastor Dennis now doing so many sermon points that we do a seventh point stretch, just like in baseball. <laughs> uh, we don't have seven points today, but if you were reading Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he had like 35 points. So we could have done that, but we're not. I'm just taking you to some of Jesus' other points in his sermon real quick. How about the way you love others? In Jesus' own sermon, he says, But I say to you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. That's his standard of love. When you want to be judged by his standard, that's the standard. He keeps going. How about the way you live your life? Do to others whatever you would have them do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. We call that the golden rule. That is a standard standard. We're talking about judging. If you could be judged by a standard, I want to be judged by that standard. Thank you. I I don't mind that. How about hell? Some people would wish away hell as if it's not a thing or a consequence for sin. Jesus had a standard there. He says this, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell, he said it before ACDC, is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow. The road is difficult. And only a few ever find it. That's the standard. Jesus has standards. How about the way you live? This is all from the same sermon. That he said don't judge. Unless you're willing to be judged by those standards. He keeps going. So every tree that does not produce good fruit. Is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes. Just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. You ever walked up to a fruit tree? What's your first judgment? What kind of fruit is this? (laughs) I had to look one up yesterday. Persimmon tree. Okay, we have persimmon trees on our property here at the church. I didn't know that. What's the next judgment you make? Is the fruit good? Do you realize what Jesus is saying? When you someone looks at your life, they should be able to judge whether or not the fruit of your life is good. That's a judgment. Now, whether it becomes a criticism or a compliment is up to you in the way you live. Do you see how this works? You're gonna judge and you're gonna be judged. But what the judgment finds is up to you. He doesn't even stop. There's so many things. I could have done this. We could have done the whole sermon. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. It's a judgment. How do you judge that? You see what people invest in. Where does their money go? What is important to them? Where is their treasure? How about this? If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. Wow. Does that sound judgmental? Yeah. Yes. And what it comes down to is this. Are you willing to forgive or not? That is what's going to be judged. And if you are a forgiving, generous person, then that judgment will look like a compliment. And if not, then it will look like a criticism. Are you willing to be judged by that standard? I think most people who say, don't judge me, are not willing for that. How about this reconciliation? So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. That is radical reconciliation. Do you realize that? Jesus is literally saying there that your relationships with others are more important than the sacrifice you give at the altar. Get the relationships fixed first, then come and offer the sacrifice. What if we all did that? Would we even be in church? I mean, really, if if every one of our relationships we had to fix before? Because here's the thing, if you're not doing that, then you are being judged by that, not even by me, but by God's standard himself. This is the standard he gives. So when I ask you this, Don't judge. Did Jesus say don't judge? Well, yeah. But he had standards there. And he says, do not judge unless you are willing to be judged by those standards. So my question is, are you willing to be judged by those standards? I am. I wish everybody was. Can you imagine what the world would be like if we all lived up to those standards? Can you imagine the peace that would reign? Relationships are mended. Marriages are solid. Can you imagine the world? All the things that we worry about and complain about would be taken care of because people are living in right relationship with God and with each other. So yes, I want to be judged by those standards. But that's not really, I think, what people are doing, right? Isn't it about the hypocrisy? And Jesus clarifies that. So he said, do not judge because by, you'll be judged by the same standard. If you do, then he said this to clarify. Why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a big log in your own? I love how Jesus uses hyperbole you know exaggeration to make a point point. and even more so that he was a woodworker you know a carpenter how funny is that how can you think of saying to your friend let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye hypocrite first get rid of the log in your own eye then you will be well enough see well enough to deal with the speck in the friend's eye what is he really saying here Don't judge unless you want to be judged by the same standard. And then he's saying, do not judge hypocritically. But he doesn't stop there. He doesn't stop there. He says, first, get the log out of your eye. So whatever it is you need to clear up based on the standards, even from that one sermon. I mean, there's plenty of standards in scripture to go by. But if you have all those cleared up, he says, get those things out of your eye. Then what does he say to do? He literally tells you to do something. Did you catch it? Then help your friend with the speck. How are you going to do that if you don't judge? I mean, really. How are you supposed to follow out and do what Jesus said unless you don't first get the the log out of your eye, don't be a hypocrite, but then help the other person with the speck? Do we really want that, though? Because it takes judgment. And it might be a criticism. It might be something that needs to be fixed. It might be an area of your life that you are stumbling in and you don't see it, but a friend does. You know how that is. It's so easy to see problems in other people, isn't it? I mean, really, whether it's your spouse or family member or friends at school or someone you know, we can see those right away. And for some reason, we can't see the log in our own eye. So Jesus says, take that out, but then help your friend. It reminds me of Galatians. Paul says this in Galatians 6. Dear brothers and sisters, if a believer is overcome by some sin, how would you even know that if you didn't judge? You have to judge that to know what the sin is. You who are godly, who've taken the log out of your own eye, should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Gently and humbly. So what that looks like is different, right? That, that you're just calling them out in front of everybody. And then he says, Paul says, be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. What law of Christ? This law. I think he's talking about this law. That you need to take care of these issues first for you, then help your brother. And if you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You're not that important. Isn't it funny to think that's actually in the Bible? You're not that important. I've never seen that verse stitched on a cross stitch on someone's wall. When, or a pillow or, or nobody puts that on a sticky note on their mirror, right? You're not that important. But maybe we should. Maybe we should. Because that level of humility actually would be the only way that someone would receive your criticism. Because if they knew you were really humble and this was coming out of a heart that cares for them and is humble, then you are willing to listen more. Be humble. Be careful. Be gentle. Be loving. Be patient. Be consistent. And be willing to carry their burdens. This is not something for everybody because I feel like most of us really aren't equipped to do this right. But we're supposed to as Christians do this for each other. But when it says there for you to carry their burdens, that's a lot more commitment than just saying, hey, uh, you need to change this. Or, hey, I don't like the way you're doing this. Or maybe you ought to think about, that's easy, right? That's like a drive-by thing where you just kind of drive by and, oh, fix, 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 fix. But if you're going to carry their burdens with them, that means you come alongside and you say, hey, this is hard for me to even mention, but kind of noticed you're struggling here. Have you? Do you see that? Can I, how can I help you with this? That means that you are entering a totally different level of relationship where you are willing to walk alongside someone with the issue that they have. I don't know, man. It's funny because I think for a lot of times as Christians, we just want to do our own thing and take pot shots at each other and walk away and act like we got it all together. And the problem is a lot of times with that log in your eye, you, you can't aim well and you're missing the mark and you're just offending people. It's not as if people don't need to be told, but Jesus this next verse goes right along with the others. So he said, don't judge, because in the same manner you will be judged. You'll be judged by that standard. Then he says, take the log out of your eye, don't be a hypocrite. And then help the person with the speck. Then he says this, don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls, then turn around and attack you. Wait, what? Does that sound like Jesus? Does that sound like the Jesus with the robes and the whole, you know, love, peace, joy? What's he saying? That sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? Throwing pearls to pigs. The problem is, there's times where people need to hear something, but they're not ready to hear it. And if you throw it to them... They're just going to be angry and defensive. And you know that because you're like that too. What do you do? They're not going to be open to your correction for whatever reason. They're not open to it. So do you still give it or do you wait? Do you pray? Do you actually care enough to take the time it takes to help them with that situation? I don't. So if you are walking in here wait a minute I thought Christianity just take quick took care of all of our problems we pray things away and, and it's all love, joy, peace and live happily ever after you know what I, I think it's more like this that if you're, if you're kind of just going around in the world and kind of bumping into problems here and there and, and you, you end this relationship because you guys didn't get along and then you start another one and end that one and you just keep making the same mistake Christianity's different the idea here is we take care of this issue and we realize, oh, now i got to fix this. And maybe it's pride. And now maybe it's, maybe it's selfishness. And maybe it's this. And you just keep working. And it's as if you are being perfected and drawn more and more into the image of Christ. And it's not always easy. And it's not always pain-free. And I don't always like hearing w- what I didn't do right. But if I'm going to walk with Christ, it means that I'm going to be humble about it. And you you need to be actually realize that you may be the person on the receiving end of the criticism. None of you need that, though, right, today? None of you have any issues that need worked on, right? What do we do? We, We act like everything's fine when we come to church, right? You ask people how they're doing. I'm fine. Everything going good? Yeah, great. Right? And we don't mean it. I don't think we're trying to cover up everything. But the fact is... A lot of times you think, well, isn't the time and place to get into it? It's a long story. You know, it's deep and complicated. And yeah, but real Christian relationship is deep and long and complicated. (sighs) Do you ever think about this? You could actually be committing sin not to judge. You didn't expect to hear that today. Because... I'm gonna say this and I think it's true. Not judging sometimes means you just don't care. You don't care enough. You don't care enough to correct someone who's in sin or doing something wrong, or you you may see that it's the wrong way, but you just don't care enough. You know, I there have been times where I've been driving on the road and I see something I need to need to let someone know. Maybe it's maybe it's something easy, like maybe just the door of their, you know, their gas cap is, is open, you know. Not a big deal, right? But there's been other times. I, I was driving one time, and this guy, he he literally, I don't know how the car was staying flat, but he he had his whole left tire was all destroyed on the back. But it was still maybe the weight was just in the right place. I don't know. But I was just looking at that like that can't be good. And then at some point, is he going to make a turn? And so I, I felt compelled to drive up and then you feel like a moron because he <laughs> doesn't see you and you're honking and waving and they're just like, mm, you know, and you just think, does he not see it? Can he not feel it? Does he not know? I mean, the thing's like pop, 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 pop. And at one point I thought, well, I guess he don't care. I guess I could just drive away. And then I thought, well, what about somebody else? I mean, if he, if he loses control or if, I don't know what would happen, honestly, the way it was, I thought, why isn't that front right tire coming off the ground? I don't know. So I pulled up a little ahead of him, and because I have a truck. You know. Then he looked up and saw me, and I slowed down, and I just waved. And he's he just like, what, what? And I'm like, roll down your window. And I'm yelling, pull over, you have a blown tire. And he's like, what? You know what Part of the reason he couldn't hear me, probably, is the tire. So he pulled over, and I pulled over with him, and, you know, and I helped him out. He didn't have a spare and whatnot. And he's like, I had no idea. The problem is a lot of our friends and Christian friends, they probably do know. And you're walking life with them and you're thinking, I don't want to make them mad. I don't want to offend them. But the fact is, if you care, sometimes you got to do that and you got to take a risk. And if your heart is pure, it doesn't mean that they're going to, it still may blow up. Let's be honest, right? Sometimes people don't want to hear. Or they don't want to hear from you. And I'm not saying don't make it worse and go gossip and tell someone else, hey, you need to talk to them. They wouldn't listen to me. Matthew 18 do- does go into detail. Jesus does go into a lot of detail. If, if your friend is in sin, he says, you go to them personally. Don't spread it around. And then if they don't listen, get somebody trusted and go together. And then if that doesn't work, then you, then you take them. Because you've got to care enough to really fix these things. We're all defensive at times, though, right? Right? You know, we're all saved by grace. None of us are perfect. The fact is, God saved all of us by his grace. You can't take credit for it. That's Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. If I could have Dalton up here with me. The fact is, if you're not willing to extend grace to somebody, I've got to wonder if you've experienced grace. Something to keep in mind, you can never really judge somebody's heart. Have you noticed that? We, we see actions. I mean, you can see the fruit, but you don't always know the heart. There's times where you're tempted to say something and the person feels like it's an attack on their heart and and I get all that. Here's what I'm asking you to do today. A few things, actually. I'm asking you to judge. But do it right and be willing to be judged by the same standard. And if there are things in your heart and life that need cleared up, certainly get that log out of your eye. But care enough about each other to judge i'm also asking this for each of you in the room today be humble enough to be judged i know some of you are like i didn't sign up for this uh i get it i know but do you want to grow in life and, and grow in christ and grow to each other it's not always easy it's just not if you want that superficial you know relationship and superficial crea- christianity you you can have that i get it that, that's you can have it i'm just calling you to more and deeper now let's be honest when the world says don't judge me what are they really saying they're saying i don't want to live by that standard and they don't want to hear it from you and unfortunately as the church and i mean the christian church worldwide we, we have some we have some baggage to deal with sometimes and we we act like and i 'm talking about everybody, but we, we are we, it appear, we appear sometimes like we 're holier than thou and better than everybody else, and the problem with that is the world is able to tune us out and say don 't judge what they 're really saying is you can 't judge me you 're just as bad as us, and they could point at things you know maybe marriage divorce statistics or maybe they you know, talk about hypocrisy in the church or times the church has failed or maybe back in history. Remember, I talked about bringing up the past, things that the church has done, you know, a thousand years ago or something or recently. The bottom line is this. Most of what this is really about is going to be a personal, one-on-one relationship issue. But I think it's important for us to admit the fact that, you know, the church hasn't been perfect all the time. No church, any church, our church, and no Christian has been perfect at any time. That comes all back to humility again. We can't judge their hearts. But the fact is, we're called to judge. And if you care about people, here's how it works. You, you need to judge. But the first person you need to judge is you. The first person. And then, the ones you really care about, you, you know how it is. You, you correct your kids because you care about them. You want them to grow and to, Good human beings that love Jesus and live right. You, you Judge the ones you love. We are called also to judge ca- culture. Our culture is, is, is what it is. And we are called to see things in the culture that are not right and hold them up and say, look, this needs to change. That's what we're supposed to do. Whether that's your, your schools or, or you know, those in authority over your kids or our country or the world, we are called to judge those things. I want to call you to something else, though, is praying about that. Because if the person doesn't want to hear it from you, they still need to hear it. I mean, you, you see something going crazy in somebody's life, you know that they need to hear it. But it may not be you. It may be somebody else. But please do not forget how powerful prayer is. Never, ever stop praying. I started off talking about the thing is, we actually do like judgments when they're positive. The compliment part, it's the negative ones that we struggle with, the criticisms. So I'm just going to ask a couple questions. Let me let me just have you do this. Let me just have you shut your eyes and we'll be, just think about you. No one else around you. How open to you are, are you to criticism from someone who loves you and cares about you? I know it's hard. I know. I don't like, nobody likes it. Let's be, I mean, it's just fact. Nobody likes it. But are you open to that? Do you want to change enough and to be, be more as, like Christ enough to hear it from someone who loves you? Have you been hesitating to talk to somebody, correct maybe a brother or sister in Christ because you're not sure what to say or how to say it or if they'd even listen? I understand that. Have maybe you been judged in a hypocritical way and it hurts? I feel like something like this today, you know, we hear don't judge, but you need to know you do need to judge and you need to be judged in the right ways, of course. So maybe there's some healing that needs to happen in your own heart. I'm just curious. I And believe me, I'm not judging you if you raise your hand per se. I just, I'm just curious between you and God. How many of you have been st- you, you struggle with this, that maybe there's some things, some criticisms you know that that have ruffled you the wrong way and you need to forgive. You need to work some of that out. Anybody like that? Yeah, there's a lot of hands. I I figured that because my hands could be up too. I'm going to ask another question that's related to what I've challenged you to. How many of you, as, as I've been talking, you realize that there's someone you love that really needs to hear from you about something and it's difficult? Anybody at all? Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you to stand for a minute. We're going to spend some time in prayer. I would like for those of you who are prepared to help us pray, if you would come down, whether you're board or spouses or staff or spouses, if you would come down and just be ready to help us pray. We always want to give a time for you to be prayed for in this service, whether it's for something that we've talked about in the service, or maybe it's something that you, you, just, you need someone to stand with you in prayer, whether it's healing or finances, or maybe you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. What I would like is, is to invite you just to come as quick as possible to be prayed for. But before we, I, I want to ask you one more question Any with your eyes closed for just a second. I know we talked about communion today. We talked about the fact that Jesus died for your sins. But I'm always aware of the fact there might be someone here today who still doesn't have that relationship with Jesus that they need. And maybe today because of what we talked about on communion or something else. Or maybe it's just time, because many people have talked to you. I'm just curious, is there anybody in the room today that today would be the day and you say, you know what, I need to ask Jesus to forgive me. I need my life changed. Anybody at all? I do see those hands. There's a couple people with hands up. I'd like to do this as a church. If you would just join me in prayer, I want to pray with you all. And I'd also like to invite you to come down and get have someone pray with you down the front here. But I want to pray, I want everybody to repeat this prayer with me. And those that raise their hands I want you to especially mean this as we pray. And it's a simple prayer. It just acknowledges the fact that we we've done things that were, were wrong and we've violated God's laws and we need that fixed and we ask him for forgiveness. So if you would all repeat this after me together. Father God, I'm sorry. I've done things wrong. I need your forgiveness. I need Jesus' forgiveness. Please forgive me. Make me new. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give a moment. If you had need prayer for anything, there's these people are up here just to pray with you, to stand with you in prayer. If you're one of those who raised their hands and you've you've become a Christian today, I'd love for you to come down and just share that with somebody here and let them pray with you, tell you about next steps. But if you need prayer for anything, whether that's healing or anything, we're just going to give some moments for that to happen. So please step out and respond for prayer. as you're in here just pray along with these people pray for them maybe there's somebody in your mind that you need to talk to pray about that those who are at the front to keep continue praying i just want to pray for the rest of us father we stand before you humbly knowing that we not only are in need of judgment but we've judged people unfairly lots of times i pray god you would forgive us for those things that you would help us to deal with whatever would be like a log in our eye that we just don't see those hidden things that maybe we overlook in us and then blame others for. And I just ask that you would continue to change us, refine us, make us new, make us uh, more and, and more clearly into the image of your son. God, we wanna live for you and we wanna be faithful to that. We pray also for those who are in our lives that we care so deeply about that maybe we have been hesitant to talk to. And I ask God that you would work on their hearts and minds And help us to know how to say and how to confront them and to lovingly, caringly approach them about things that need to change in their lives. And I pray you would help us to do that. Give us wisdom. I pray for those in the world, too, that have rejected you or rejected your your son because of the church, that maybe there have been things that have happened and they felt judged or unfairly judged. And I pray, God, that you would help them Open their hearts to hear from you. Open their hearts to loving Christians to talk to them. And God, we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to say bless you today. Uh, I would love for you to positively judge somebody as you walk out of this place. And uh, share with them some kind of a compliment. God bless you today.